I've been watching the news this past week. It's exciting to see the events of this, things in this world unfold. I saw a news uh, article in Right in the middle of Syria, there's a great river called the Euphrates River. How many of you have seen that, Euphrates River? The Bible talks a lot about the Euphrates River. You look at the events that are happening in the world, and it seems like the things that are happening in the Middle East are just consuming the news. How many of you have heard about Russia in the news lately? Anybody? Yeah, a few of you. Russia is dominating the news. If you were to find the alliances that Russia's forming, some it seems kind of hidden and, and uh, uh, we don't hear much about, and others it just seems like it's very much out in the open. And you might wonder why. What, what, what would Russia what would Russia have to do with Syria? What does Iran have to do with Syria? Why would these nations that seemingly have nothing in common why would there be an alliance? Why would there be any kind of attention given to these places? Why so much attention on a desert? You ever think about that? Ezekiel. Ezekiel talks a lot about end time prophecy. Ezekiel reveals to us the book of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel and Revelation. The books that we've been looking at these past several weeks have been talking much about what's going to happen. And the Bible is very clear on events that are going to take place in the end times. Matter of fact, it said this, that Ronald Reagan would often quote and use the book of Ezekiel in, in meetings dealing with, with uh, foreign affairs. He'd study the book of Ezekiel. He'd try to understand what, had, what, 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 what events that were unfolding had to do with end time prophecy. There's many that would cause you to believe this, that, that end time prophecy is for fools and, and it really, it really uh, 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 for, for narrow minded people and, and really those events have nothing to do with each other. But what you find and what we're finding right now in today's world, we find so much of the events that are described in the Bible, they're taking place right now. There's a man, I believe he's 33 years old. No political experience, no government experience, no diplomatic experience. Matter of fact, he was born into a family that had made their wealth and he has made his wealth in real estate. He just happened to marry the president's daughter. And we've heard the name Jared Kirshner. Was sent this past week to Israel to try to see if they could form a peace deal. A lot of that goes kind of underneath the radar because people, uh, so many other events that are taking place in the world, but you find all of these things that are taking place, they're prophesied in the Bible. There is going to be an alliance with nations. They're going to come and they're going to say to Israel, Israel, we want to bring peace. There's going to be a man, the Antichrist. We don't know who he is. We don't know what his name is, but we do know there's going to be one that's going to be called the Antichrist, and he is going to be able to forge a peace agreement or alliance with Israel. Right now, it seems like that is just the impossible task. It's been for decades. Really, since 1948, it seems like there has been a desire to build a peace with, in the Middle East with failure. Anytime they get close, 
It seems like it blows up and it falls apart. Israel is constantly, every day of her life, in constant ready mode to battle. Because at any moment, countries are saying they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Could you imagine living with that? Could you imagine living with a threat? Could you imagine living with a threat of a nation that had a nuclear bomb saying their desire was to wipe you off the face of the earth? We're going to study here today, and this is going to be a two-week two series just because of time, and there's so much here, and I want to give this some time. We're going to talk today about the world in terror. What does that have to do with end-time prophecy? What's it have to do with anything? All these events that are happening around us, terrorism, it's a daily reality in the Middle East. Matter of fact, I believe it was the, the, the uh, uh, London, in London, the mayor pretty much told the people, we just have to get used to this. This is a, an occurrence. This is what happens. In the world we're living in, it seems like terrorism, terrorism is, is a part of our daily life now. What's it all about? On 9-11, it changed America's look on terrorism. It caused us to be reminded it happened in the Middle East, and we found on 9-11 it happened right here in our own country. And it's changed our country. How many of you remember flying before 9-11? How many of you know, have you flown recently? It's difficult. I remember flying in, in my, uh, when I first got married, my wife and I, and we were visiting my parents, and, and my parents walked us all the way to the gate of the plane to say goodbye to us. Now you can't sit in your car out front of the airport without them pushing you along. Things have changed. The world, the world is in terror. The citizens of Israel live under a constant threat of terror. They live under a constant threat of war. And the news from Israel, it contains just regular reports of terrorism all, of, all around them every day. In this, this development of, of anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic sentiments from nations such as Russia, Iran, Libya, Syria, they're for a reason. There's for a plan. And I believe that we as Christians ought to understand what's taking place so that one, we can live a life not in fear. And two, we ought to live our life in such a way where we're seeing the day of the Lord is approaching. It's coming. And that ought to motivate us as Christians to live, live victoriously in this world for the cause of Christ. It ought to cause us to every day want to take the gospel message and share it with a world that needs Jesus because at any moment, Jesus Christ can come again. At any moment. And so I want to dig into this here this morning. And if you'd allow me to dig in this with you. While some of the terror in the Middle East stems from land issues, there's much issues over fighting over land. We see a lot of that fighting, dividing up Syria, dividing up parts of Iraq. And, and we've seen over the last uh, so many years, we've seen where nation tries to occupy another nation for land or for oil or for things of that sort. Much of it's over land, but much of it's simply over Islamic extremism. 
the hatred that radical Muslims harbor toward Israel and toward the United States, it's vocalized in what they call Israel and United States. You may have heard this. Israel's called what? Little Satan? America is called the Big Satan? Can you imagine someone believing? I mean, truly believing that an entire nation, entire people group is of Satan? Their job then would be to destroy these nations and destroy the little Satan or this big Satan. And make no mistake about it, the extremist enemies, extremist enemies of Israel, they don't intend to share the land. There is no, there is no desire by the extremists to share the land. There's going to be a desire for them to occupy and possess the land, but not with Israel. And we're going to see here the next couple weeks that there is going to be a peace treaty that's going to be signed. The Antichrist is going to be able to come in and sign a treaty with Israel. And Israel then is going to put her guard down and trust in this treaty instead of trusting in her walls and her uh, uh, those that defend her, uh, the, Ezekiel says. They're going to trust in this treaty only to allow for the Antichrist to break this treaty and nations to come against Israel. Even the, uh, the false peace, the false treaty that will be signed by the Antichrist and Israel and the other powers is not so that Israel can dwell in safety. It's so that Israel can be deceived so they can come in and destroy Israel. We must understand that. That is the goal. That's what the desire is. And so... We need to understand that as Christians here today. Senator John McCain, he warned this. He wrote, he said this, there's only one thing worse than using the option of military action. And that is that the Iranians acquiring nuclear weapons. If Iran, Iran gets the bomb, I think we could have Armageddon. Said by one of our sitting senators today. If Iran gets the bomb, he said we can expect Armageddon. We see much of, of Iran in, 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 in uh, uh, saying that they want nuclear, nuclear power for peaceful purposes. But we know this, their goal is not to possess the nuclear power for peaceful purposes. Their goal is to possess this nuclear power so that they can annihilate Israel. Their leadership has said this. So I... You start with this. I want to start, start this morning with this, the declaration of a battle. The declaration of a battle. Ezekiel chapter number 38, in verse number one, beginning in verse number one, we find Ezekiel prophesies of this. He says this, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshket and Tubal, and prophesy Against them. Now we're going to look at what these countries are. So stay with me. You might be looking and saying, what does that mean? What's Gog? What's Magog? I'll show you in just a moment. But Ezekiel is told by God to prophesy, uh, come against and prophesy against these, these uh, nations. And say this in verse, in verse uh, uh, number three. And say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, 
I am against thee. And so here's Ezekiel prophesying that there's going to be a battle that takes place. And God says, I want you to prophesy against these nations. And I want you to tell them this, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshka and, and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put a hooks in thy jaw and will bring thee forth. And all thine army and horses and uh, uh, horsemen and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords. Now look, look, look at this verse. This is an interesting verse. This is Ezekiel prophesying of a battle. He says this, God says, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy against these countries. And I want you to tell these countries I'm against you. And God said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a hook in your mouth and I'm going to bring you into this battle. I'm going to put a hook in the mouth of these, these countries that he names here and they are going to come up against Israel for a battle. God is going to bring these countries against Israel according to Ezekiel chapter number 38. Look with me in verse number five of this same chapter. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shields and helmets. And in this passage, God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy of a future battle. A battle that current events that we're seeing unfold right before our eyes, current events and political relationships, they are suggesting perhaps this battle is very close. I want you to see this morning this. There's a timing of this battle. According to Ezekiel, there's a timing of this battle. In Ezekiel, he indicates two necessary factors for this battle to take place. So Ezekiel that we find here, the, the, what we just read, just so that we understand, Ezekiel, God says to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy against these nations. I want you to tell these nations that I'm against you. I'm going to put a hook in your mouth and I'm going to draw these nations into this battle. But we find that there must be a certain timing in order for this battle to take place. This battle, there's some things that had to take place in order for this battle to occur. And so we find Ezekiel, he indicates two necessary factors. Number one, Israel will be in her own land. Israel is going to be in her own land. In Ezekiel 36, the Ezekiel 36, this is just two chapters before the prophecy of the battle. God, he promised this. And I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it. And the cities shall be inhabited and the waters shall be builded. In Ezekiel chapter number 36, verse number uh, 10, God says to Ezekiel, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. Pretty much is what he's saying. I'm going to multiply men upon you, the house of Israel, and, and the city shall be inhabited. The waste shall be builded. Israel is going to be inhabited once again. And so this prophecy that Israel, now remember, uh, Israel was, was, was uh, uh, taken captive and Babylon came in and, and took Israel captive. And for all these centuries, uh, Israel's not been in her, in her land. It wasn't until 1948 that Israel became a nation once again. And once Israel became a nation, what we find is the prophecy was fulfilled. He says this in Ezekiel 36, uh, 24, for I will take you from among the heathens and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. 
Now, this is important because Israel was not in her land. Ezekiel, some 2,600 years ago, prophesied in Ezekiel 36 that this was going to happen. Do we realize this, church? It did not happen until 1948 when Israel became a nation. God brought Israel back into her land. See, for those of us that have been born after 1948, all we know of Israel and her land. Maybe there's some here in this room that were born before 1948, and you remember these events. I was on vacation this past uh, couple weeks, and I was doing some research and reading. I'm doing a lot of reading and a lot of uh, 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 just uh, studying for this, and I was reading on, on, on John F. Kennedy, and I said to my father-in-law, I said, do you remember John F. Kennedy, the day he died? He knew the day, he knew the time, he knew everything about it. I mean, it was just etched in his mind. He said, it's a day you never forget. This significance for Israel, it's a day that Israel will never forget because in 1948, she became a nation again. God brought her back and fulfilled that prophecy. And as we've already seen here in previous weeks, as we've studied, the first part of this prophecy began to be fulfilled in 1948 when Israel established herself as a modern state. The second thing, the second thing, according to Ezekiel's prediction, the battle, the timing of this battle, that, that Israel will be assuming peace. Now, we know today that's not the case. Israel is in a heightened sense of alert. They're at any moment ready for an attack. But, but we find this, that Israel is going to be assuming peace. So we find the first part of this prophecy is already taking place. God's brought Israel back into this land. Now God says this, I'm going to take these nations and I'm going to put a hook in their mouth. I'm going to pull them into this battle. We know this, that in order for that battle to take place, number one, Israel must be in her land. Already taking place. Number two, Israel is going to be assuming peace. That means this. We realize that there is going to be a peace treaty that is going to take place with Israel where Israel is going to acknowledge that they are, are going to live in peace and, and in that she's going to put her defenses down. I want you to see in Ezekiel chapter 38, so we're two chapters ahead now, speaking of this battle. The Bible says this in Ezekiel 38, verse 8 and 9. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and thy bands and many people with thee. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest. This is the enemy speaking of Israel. I will go to them that are at rest. Israel's at rest. And I will dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil and to take a prey. 
to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. And so we find in Ezekiel chapter number 11 and 12, we find where, where the enemy is going to say, now we're gonna go into battle against Israel. Israel's defenses are down. Israel thinks that she's in a place of safety. Israel thinks that this treaty that's going to be signed is going to give her security. And when that happens... The Bible says the enemy is going to come down. What's going to cause Israel to feel safe? Because we know this today, Israel is constantly in a ready state of battle. My wife and I are going to host a trip, and I hope many of you will go next fall, 2018, we're going to host a trip to Israel, unless the Lord comes back. And then Pastor Taylor is going to run that trip for us, and... <laughs> and um, I'm hoping not many are here to go, but he's going to enjoy the trip. Now, in 2018, we're going to take a trip to Israel, and I'm looking forward to that trip to Israel because we're going to find some things that uh, we're going to, the trip we're taking, we're going to be able to get into some of the areas that are occupied land. And we're going to see some of these nations that are, that are some of these areas that are, that are occupied, and, and, and they're constantly in a state of battle. I've been told this. I've been on many, many, many different missions trips. As a matter of fact, my passport, my first passport, full of stamps. But I, f I hear this to be the case. When you go into Israel, they won't stamp your passport because they know if they stamp your passport, you, there's other countries that won't let you in their country if you've been to Israel. There's that hatred toward Israel. Hey, Israel is living every day with this hatred. We see this events unfolding with our previous administration signing a, 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 a uh, treaty or such with Iran and, and, and Iran able to, 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 to build this, this nuclear capacity. Israel is in fear of existence when these nations build these nuclear capacities. And so Israel... What's going to cause her to feel safe? Because according to Ezekiel chapter number 38, Israel is going to feel safe. She's not going to look to her walls for safety. She's going to be at a place of rest. Daniel chapter 9 describes a time of diplomatic peace. I want you to see this with me. Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 27. The Antichrist is going to come into Israel, and Israel is going to have peace through this, through this treaty. Daniel prophesies this. He says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice, an oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consumption uh, uh, and, and the determined shall be poured upon the desolate. This covenant is understood as a peace treaty with Israel. And this will probably resolve the Middle East issue and begin a, a period of peace in Israel. In a third of global peace, Israel is going to celebrate by relaxing her guard. See, what causes Israel today to have her guard so high is at any moment, nations are threatening to annihilate her. At any moment, 
leaders of nations are saying that, that they are, their whole purpose is to annihilate Israel and wipe her off the map. A nation cannot be in peace when another nation is verbally, daily threatening the existence of this nation. Iran is sending in and supporting uh, Hamas and supporting, supporting terror groups to, to send bombs into Israel. Israel, it's, it's difficult to even defend herself because so many nations want her existence to be annihilated. But there's a treaty, according to Daniel, a treaty that the Antichrist is going to make. And this is going to be assured peace, global peace. Then in the middle of this, the tribulation, in the middle of this time, we're going to find the Antichrist, is he going, he's going to unleash his vicious attack against Israel. Let me back up, I'm sorry. In Matthew chapter number 24, in verse number 15, Jesus spoke of this event. He said this, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. When, did, when do we see that? We find that in Daniel chapter number 9. We'll go back to what we just read. Jesus said, when you see this happening, What's he say? Stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. In verse number 21 of the same chapter, Jesus said this, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. What Jesus said is this, according to Ezekiel, these nations are going to rise up against Israel. When's that going to happen? It's going to happen, number one, once Israel's a nation. We see that's already happened. It's going to happen, secondly, when Israel thinks that she is in peace, she's going to be lured into peace and Israel is going to believe that there's safety and she's going to find safety in this treaty that the Antichrist is going to make with Israel and all the world and Israel is going to put down her defenses trust in this treaty and when that happens according to Daniel according to Matthew Jesus words in Matthew and that happens the Antichrist is going to then break that treaty and become uh, attack Israel when is that going to happen that's going to be the middle of the tribulation. Now, we learned, we learned last week or so that we studied, we learned about the rapture of the church. We as Christians are going to be raptured from this earth. Those that, and according to 1 Thessalonians, those that are dead, that are saved, those that are alive, when Jesus uh, 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 comes back, we meet him in the clouds. So we won't be a part of this event, but this is what's going to be happening during the seven-year period of tribulation. It begins with Israel having peace. Halfway through the tribulation period is when the Antichrist then turns on Israel. We see half of, uh, we see Israel, uh, the Antichrist turn on Israel and all of these nations then come down to attack Israel. And we see half of this prophecy is in place. Israel's in her land. The rest is going to happen once this peace treaty begins. Now, I need to be done. I didn't even get halfway through this one. This might be a three-week series. <clears throat> There's instigators of the battle, and this is important. The Bible says these Gog, Magog. And you look at those and you say, what are those? Next week, we're going to begin to study who these are. I'm going to show you Gog and Magog, Russia. Persia is Iran. 
Ethiopia, Libya. We know where those are, African nations. Ezekiel prophesied that Russia and the nations of the, Soviet, uh, the former Soviet Union, that's uh, uh, Meshech and Tubal is two, two cities, Moscow. How I many of you know where Moscow is in Russia? Ezekiel, 2,600 years ago, said Russia, Iran, Ethiopia, Libya. Isn't it ironic today? I remember this, Russia, and I, I'm a big study of history. I love history. I was in school, going to school the time where the Cold War, everyone was celebrating the walls down. I mean, this is a great event that took place in the world. Russia, the Soviet Union's demise, Russia. And I heard this. How many of you remember hearing this? Russia is a sleeping bear or a sleeping giant. Everyone thought Russia was done. Russia's not done. And those that studied Bible prophecy and understood Bible prophecy knew this. Russia is never going to be done because Russia plays a key role in end-time prophecy. And so back in the early 1990s, when people thought Russia was done, economically they're destroyed, what do we find now happening in the world? We find Russia forming alliances with Syria. Why does Russia want Syria to succeed? Why does Russia stand against sanctions against Iran or sanctions against Syria? Why does she want those countries to succeed? Because prophecy tells us this. There's going to be an alliance with those countries. God is going to put a hook in their mouth and bring them into this battle. Gog and Magog. Ezekiel 38, verse number 14 and 15. I'll leave this today. We'll go start. We'll pick up right here next week. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, thus saith the Lord God, in the day when my people of Israel dwell safely, shalt thou not know it? Thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them all, and all of them with a shield and helmet, Gomer and all her, his bands, the house of Tegmora in the north quarters and all of his bands and many people with thee. These nations are going to come down against Israel. Why? Because God said, I'm going to put a hook in their mouth. I'm going to bring them to this battle. I'll tell you, I don't think you have to enjoy history to be excited what you see happening in this world as a Christian. Everything is in line, church, for the return of Christ. Everything. Why a Christian today would want to live their life fulfilling their flesh, living for themselves, understanding the day of the Lord could be at any moment. That Trump can sound. 
The dead in Christ will rise. Those that are alive and remain are going to lead, meet the Lord in the clouds. Why would we as Christians that know the truth, that know when all these events are happening around the world, when the world is in fear and terror and running to and fro, upset, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on is this. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Jesus Christ is coming back. The tribulation is going to begin. The, the reign of Christ is going to take place. We see these things happening. It ought to cause the Christian to leave out of this place saying, I've got to tell the world who Jesus is so they're not a part of this great tribulation that takes place. Christian, we've got a job to do. We're going to pick up right here next Sunday morning. I pray you're here. Bring somebody because it gets really exciting further as we get into this topic.